1: Hello citizens, welcome to the Forks of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels.
0: I'm Brian Betts.
1: And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is a show that wants to know why we haven't gotten a Eugene Flash Thompson spinoff show yet. Why have we not gotten that yet?
0: Because Sony owns the rights, so they can't do a Disney Plus show with them. Just do it somewhere else. Say Netflix. We still got one, baby. You want it? You want it? Sony just starts shopping the Flash Thompson angle to everybody. They just call it Flash.
1: Really confuse the hell out of people. Oh yeah. Like, oh, one flash ends, another one begins. Dun 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 Flash! Oh He is the other one for Spider-Man? Man, watching this, like I I he annoyed me. In Homecoming. This flash yes. Thompson and then watch this I'm like, I need more. I need more Tony Ravioli. Right. Give now. me
0: more Tony Ravioli. He's so sad in this one.
1: Uh, well that parts, yeah, but he's got like the camera and he's putting on his own little show. Like he'd be a TikTok legend.
0: Oh, absolutely. He was built for, for the TikTok generation. <laughs> I was wondering
1: where you are going with
0: the TikTok yeah, so, <laughs> generation. I didn't know where I was going with it either when I started it.
1: People try to make short videos talking about the TikTok generation. Uh, nailed it. Today we are talking about Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home from 2019, directed by John fucking Watts.
0: John fucking Watts. That's a segue right there. That was good. That was. I liked that. I hopped on
1: my little two-wheeled
0: nothingness. Went right into it <laughs> john fucking watts famous for directing spider-man movies that's all you need baby that's it and cop car
1: yeah well of course cop car but we don't want to really drown out the spider-man with his cinematic masterpiece cop car right right would well, never you've seen this yeah cool i've oh, seen this yeah cool yeah did we see this together i don't remember probably probably it was a long time ago. 2019 was so long ago, but this feels like I literally just saw
0: it, which is strange. Yeah, it's it's bizarre because it feels like it was only like four movies ago, because it was. Right. It was still like three <laughs> years ago. But now they're doing like four movies a year, so I don't know the math doesn't add up, but Meatloaf would just be confused with all this math. Big time. Give me a quick thoughts on this thing. This one I-, I liked it when it came out. I thought it was it was very good. And rewatching it this time, ah, uh, I still like it not as much.
1: I'm in the same boat, because I liked it when it came out, and I liked it again watching this time,
0: but I went, this thing's got issues. It does have issues. I like it, but it has issues. So it's like every girl I've ever dated. <laughs> exactly. It's Brian's type. <laughs> I like it, but there's problems with it, for sure. And there's baggage, but it gets blown up. I mean, that's that's what you got to do with baggage, right? At least in this movie. We'll get there. We'll get there. You want to get into this thing? Let's just dive right in to the summer of 2024, eight months post-blip. We've almost
1: caught up. We have almost caught up, and I have so many questions about the blip. I have I so many too.
0: questions. So many questions. Nick Fury, Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson, and Maria Hill, Kobe fucking Smolders, arrive at the aftermath of a violent sandstorm which has destroyed a small village in Mexico. Fury says that the storm allegedly had a face because you know this is a the mummy. mummy oh sorry oh, the, the mummy yeah naturally they show up to investigate and the sand monster that's not sandman reappears but luckily for them a random jake gyllenhaal also appears telling them you don't want none of this shit dewey <laughs> and then proceeds to billow green smoke from his hands and his ass
1: yeah well, there's green that smoke everywhere because he definitely
0: There's there's ass smoke at some point. I yeah, there's know. a lot of ass smoke. He though. does like the full intro to Pick of Destiny with green smoke. Exactly. You check his dipstick. He doesn't need any lubrication. <laughs> <laughs> his butt cheeks is warm. <laughs> Are you ready for the very first of the actual IMDb trivia facts?
1: No, cuz this is way too early. I'm like this barely so sitting.
0: Simple. We haven't even gotten the the Marvel Studios intro yet, but we've already got an IMDb trivia fact. This isn't the first time Jake Gyllenhaal has been associated with a Spider-Man film. Originally, he was going to replace Tobey Maguire, Tubes Magoobs, as Spider-Man in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, after Maguire was injured during the filming of Seabiscuit. But luckily, whoever wrote this fact thought it was great that Tubes Magoob's injuries healed up and he was able to return to set.
1: I like how you're leaning into just strictly Tubes Magoobs, even though we've had threes Mageebs, and we're going to have Forbes Magorbs.
0: We are going to have Forbes Magorbs, but this is strictly a fact about Spider-Man 2. Do you think a- Jake
1: that Toby Maguire gets a little bit like shit on because he was okay after a horse incident and Christopher Reeves was not?
0: Doesn't that make him a little bit more super?
1: I don't know if it does. Like, I feel like, yeah, you need to have dead parents in order to be super. We know that we establish that every single week on the <laughs> super Stuff score. But then I feel like if you fall off a horse and destroy your back, like, does that make you the most super? Like, is Christopher Reeve a god in a way? Well, if anything, it stopped him from making more bad Superman movies. But that's also a bad thing because Quest for Peace is a little bit of a treat. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I understand it. Like, people shit
0: on it, and they should. But also, respect. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. You know? It's got the all of the things that, that Superman 4 and the Quest <laughs> has.
1: I've watched it since, voluntarily. I have. I'm not proud about it. And I... I oh, that is the intro song, isn't will it? will always love you. There's something about seeing that over the Marvel logo that you're just, there's something about seeing that over the Marvel logo where you're just like, no, thank <laughs> the, you.
0: This feels wrong, and I don't <laughs> know why yet. And then you get in memoriam and Comic Sans on the screen, you're like, okay, they're doing a thing. Feeling <laughs> more right. It's like, okay. Feeling a little more right. It's weird that Michael Giacchino is here doing the score, and we're not using his fanfare, but okay, well, I'll, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll hold on, see what's happening. We get a Midtown High special update on The Blip with their Comic Sans in memoriam for all the dead heroes from the last two MCU installments. And, you know, they recap what happened with the the band, the marching band disappearing and then reappearing during a basketball game and, you know, shenanigans ensue. This is really our first look at The Blip. Yes. And this is the first time they
1: named it The Blip and everyone went, that's a stupid fucking name. (laughs) Don't like that. Yeah. It's like that video. Where the guy is on the other side of the water, and like the other ones on the island, he's like, "Hey, hey, fuck you! What's, <laughs> What's your, your name? name? Ezekiel. That's a dumb fucking name. Fuck the, you, the Ezekiel. Blip.
0: Yeah, the, the blip. blip. Well, that's what happens when you your immediate follow up is a Spider Man movie with children, and you have, to, you have to you know name things in character, and then it sticks.
1: That's fair. But I have so many questions about age now because. They say, like, oh, people who disappeared, they had to go back to school then, and now they're, like, 21, but they're not. They're, like, 16. Right. So, what? how does that... What? I
0: don't know, just man. made
1: to believe that everybody in this movie was snapped?
0: <laughs> just about everybody in Peter's class was snapped. Yeah, it seems Like, that's that the
1: only way I can believe it. Like, there's no one older, I feel like. Well, we'll Although, get... Well, like, they obviously graduated, but then going back, like, they're still 16, but... I just don't know. Like, all the consequential characters got snapped.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, It's a very confusing time, especially if you run a convenience store and need to card people. That is fair. But, I mean, they do address it with Brad, who was not snapped and is now five years older and in Peter's class.
1: Right. But then if you're Brad, like, you got to feel like you're getting away with something if you start
0: flirting with one of these older gals.
1: Right? You got to feel like you're getting away with something.
0: Brad likes him some older women, but only if they're the same age as him. But only if they're he likes older women that are age appropriate to his age. Of Do you 16. think there are people with a blip fetish? <laughs> Maybe. Like, like I, I, I those can blip feet. I you know those only... feet were dust at some point.
1: Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> I got a thing, but it's specifically for people who disappeared for five <laughs> years.
1: Uh yeah, that's definitely a thing. But also it's like step sisters feet or something like that like well, they have you to, have to add steps to, something because we it. solved yeah. porn a couple episodes the step ago. blip we know how to market porn now
0: <laughs> yeah i can't get off with anybody who was alive during 2021
1: <laughs> can't do it i just it's it's not in me i, I don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to have gone right from 2019 to 2024 it's the only way i'll ever love you 2021 raisins 2024 grapes let's do this <laughs> oh, that though, no, because now it feels a little gross now because. Why? Now well, think about this. There's people dating people who are 18 going, it's legal, but they were blipped for five years. And that's disgusting.
1: Well, they're still 18. Legally. Or they're still whatever age.
0: They, they had their birth date. Their Their ID would say they're 18. But because they were gone for five years, they're really only 13. And that's that's gross.
1: It's gross. I completely agree. But I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Well, you underestimate It's definitely going to happen. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> going to happen. But <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen, I should say. You know what? I'm glad the MCU doesn't address it. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but at the same time.
1: But maybe that's like the new show. Like, that could be a thing. Like, Nathan Fielder is probably writing this as we speak. Oh, yeah, right now. <laughs> of how he's just, like, setting this up to be like a dating show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's called... Technically 18, The Blipped. Oh, God. It's gross. I can't even it finish is the, so gross. can't even finish the sentence. But Nathan Fielder would make it charming somehow. Somehow. Oh, they're just mannequins. Did you watch <laughs> the rehearsal? No, I haven't you watched the rehearsal You need to watch yet. the rehearsal. Yeah. That's for sure on my list of things to, to catch up on. But, you know, I was gone for five years.
1: <laughs> that's fair.
0: Peter Parker, Tom fucking Holland, is in love with MJ now because Liz isn't in this movie. Correct. MJ, of course, Dea. Is it Z- is it Zendaya or Zendaya? It's Zendaya. Okay, I've been saying it wrong for forever. Yeah, so so was I, and until I saw her say it herself once, and I was like, oh, whoops, I gotta believe her then. <laughs> Peter tells Ned Jacob Battleon all about Jacob his plan- fucking Battleon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, <laughs> I'll give it to him in the next movie, but in this one, okay. What he gets the gal. For a brief time, we'll get there. Peter tells Ned all about his plan to win over MJ on their school trip to Europe, where Peter's really looking forward to just taking a vacation from all this Spider-Man stuff for a little while. But first he has to attend this fundraiser as Spider-Man for Aunt May, Marissa fucking Tomei, raising money for for stuff as Spider-Man, you know, basically just levying those, those connections you have.
1: Right, and then you go behind two curtains, and then
0: you feel like it's okay to just pull down your mask. Right? Right? Who cares who's going to walk in? I'm just going to unmask myself in this backstage area. Real cavalier attitude, considering how this movie ends. Real (laughs) cavalier. That's true, yeah. Old heavy hands himself happy Hogan, John fucking Favreau, shows up, and he flirts with May a little bit, and then tells Peter that Nick Fury's going to call him, and Peter's like, no thanks. (laughs) Which is
1: amazing because, like, no, you don't ghost <laughs> Nick Fury. You can't,
0: you can't not. You can't send Nick Fury to voicemail. That's not okay. Peter ignores Nick Fury's call because he has other things to worry about, like his vacation with with MJ and and whatnot, and classmates and classmates. Others. He goes All out. five
1: others. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he returns to the the fundraising stage as Spidey, but the reporters start bombarding him with questions about. Becoming the new Iron Man or the new leader of the Avengers. And he's like, this is overwhelming. I'm going to get out of here and mourn Tony on a rooftop somewhere. As you do. We fast forward to Peter's trip. And Peter, he's he's got his plan. He wants to bond with MJ on the plane. But his plan fails miserably. And he winds up seated next to his teacher, Mr. Harrington Martin fucking Star. Well, he says he's got a, a, a perfume allergy or whatever. He sends Jacob Battle on Ned yeah. to do the dirty work for yeah. him. And he just blows it. He really it. does. All he had to do was switch seats and he spits out this perfume excuse and then Martin Starr jumps into action and switches everybody's seats around. So now MJ sitting next to Brad Davis. I Gross. get it though. Like this is a big deal back in
1: like high school. Like you want to have that like 45 minutes un- uninterrupted time with the gal
0: you're trying to, to Absolutely. woo. Absolutely, I get it. I get no, it. We're sit next to each other on a plane and share headphones and watch a movie and laugh together. It's going to be ideal. But this is like 8 hours worth of that. This is yeah, this is the show. This is know? the this show. Is. Absolutely. And this is an actual IMDb trivia Son fact. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Peter's viewing selections for in-flight entertainment are The Snap, Finding Wakanda, Hunting Hydra, Nova Einstein Rosen Bridges with Eric Selvig, and Heart of Iron, the Tony Stark story. Can he watch
1: literally anything else also? Like I understand that we're within the MCU and we want to keep it canon and shit,
0: but it's like there's other things out there. I don't know who was in the documentary section of this, but I guess that's that's oops, all documentaries on this flight. All right. The more About you know. the world you live in. <laughs> <laughs> Ned winds up seated next to Betty Brandt, played by Angori fucking Rice. Give it to her again. She's fantastic. Who we already saw in the in the morning announcements for Midtown High with the blip and the, the Your dead morning announcements and could be a pun. Morning announcements uh, would be a great pun if I thought of it.
1: Future podcast morning announcements <laughs> where we just read off obituaries of <laughs> dead grandparents or something that we find in the
0: newspaper. Perfect. I love it. That's Mo- it. Morning announcements. Hey, did you hit record on this one because I I could go back and reuse <laughs> that if you if you forgot. Once they arrive in Venice Ned and Betty announce that they are now dating because again, it's that magic plane time. Good for Ned, man. Lock it Good up. For Ned, absolutely.
1: And I like how he says find out we had a lot in common. It's like like
0: what? <laughs> Cuz it started off pretty rocky. It sure did. 8 hours though, shared headphones. That's the real deal right there. While the class is sightseeing in Venice, a water-based monster emerges out of the Grand Canal and starts causing General havoc. Yeah, as water monsters want to do, yes. Splashing stuff, knocking stuff over. Peter tries to stop it, but his webs go right through the creature. Just can't connect because it's made of water. Wink.
1: (laughs) Ding. I have questions about all these monsters, and we're going to get there. I have so (laughs) many questions.
0: Yeah. Luckily, Jake Gyllenhaal arrives again and destroys it with his purple butt smoke and whatnot. And you know he's green butt
1: smoke. Thank you.
0: Oh, I did say purple. I meant green. It's weird how colors just change when you're not paying very much attention. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he he lures the creature out of the canal and then hits it a few times with his green smoke, and then it it goes away, just like that. Easy enough. After watching a news report on him, Peter's classmates start calling the hero Mysterio because Italian. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I like that quite a bit
0: though <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I didn't need from this movie was a background on Mysterio's name I didn't need an origin story for his name
1: they sex it up a little bit it's nice they do
0: they do it's, it's, I like that the thought went into it it just wasn't necessary they probably could have put the thought in other places <laughs> they could have but I mean you got
1: all he's got like that half beard because it's definitely not the, the scruff but then it's definitely not a
0: full beard Right. It's, so it's they somewhere... had to like
1: sex it up a little
0: bit <laughs> It's Mysterio. It's a me, Mysterio. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. Wah. (laughs) Woohoo.
1: And this is his partner, Wah Mysterio. Oh, see, now I would watch a Wah Mysterio (laughs) movie for sure. Him shaved, but with a mustache. It's played by Aaron Rodgers, probably.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why, but he seems like he is the antithesis of a Jake Gyllenhaal. The anti Gyllenhaal. Back in Peter and Ned's room. Fury tranquilizes Ned because, you know, you can't ignore Nick Fury's phone calls. He will just show up and start tranquilizing your friends.
1: And threatening to tranquilize a teacher, too.
0: That's right. He takes Peter to a secret hideout to meet Maria Hill and Jake Gyllenhaal, aka Quentin Beck.
1: I think it's Quentin Beck, aka
0: Mysterio, Brian. Well, I never even said Mysterio. I was talking about Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: That's also fair. See, it's like the purple butt smoke. It's exactly like the purple butt smoke.
0: (laughs) Beck explains that he hails from an alternate Earth, one that was destroyed by these elemental creatures. This is our first mention of multiverse? It is. It is our first mention of multiverse, and we'll get there. We sure will. Beck is determined to defeat them and save this Earth from the same fate. Yes, I said Earth. (laughs) Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Welcome to Earth 616. Seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, he seems like a like a sweetheart. He reveals that the final elemental, the fire based creature, is due to make an appearance in Prague. Peter's like, you get the wrong guy. You should use one of the Avengers for this. But Fury's like, they're all busy. We need you. And he's like, well, I'm on vacation. I'll see you later. Which is fucked. It is fucked. This Peter wants nothing to do with Nick Fury and Nick Fury's just letting it happen. But we'll get there, too. He's like the Dante of Clarks. Like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he's like. Why do you smell like shoe polish? (laughs) This Peter just wants to shut down the Avengers and play some hockey on the roof. That's all he wants to do. (laughs) So Fury secretly hijacks the school's trip and changes the next destination from Paris to Prague by manipulating the chaperones, which, of course, still Martin Starr, but also J.B. Smoove, JB fucking smooth. Thank you. JB fucking smooth. Absolutely crushing in this movie. I want JB smooth to be more of a leading man all
1: the time. But then I think about it and I'm just like, you know what? No, he's perfect in everything he does.
0: I just want more Mr. Dell in the MCU.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Like, I want him to be like the teacher for like all the kids of the MCU. Like, have like a young Avengers and he's the teacher. I like like, that. Peter lets him in on it and he's like, by the way, see all these fucking kids? Uh, that one, he's got hands that stick to things, and uh, that one could fly, I guess. I don't know. But that one there has got purple butt smoke. Th- or green. Or green, depending on how colorblind you might be. That's or how right. much you're paying attention to him. And that maybe is his angst story. JB Smoove
0: doesn't seem like he's paying very much attention to these kids, so. No, New Martin Star! <laughs> these kids are getting away with a lot. Oh, yeah. This is probably a, a caped IMDb trivia fact. Probably this film was shot in multiple locations around the world for reasons. Yep. (laughs) And we'll get there. We absolutely will. In Austria, Peter is given a new stealth suit to ease suspicion from his classmates as to why Spider-Man keeps popping up wherever they go. Cause that was something he aired while he was meeting with Nick Fury and Quentin Beck. He's like, well, I can't be Spider-Man because my classmates will figure out. It's me.
1: I feel like every day in Peter's life is Festivus with the amount of grievances that he airs. <laughs> so
0: many. He's a tragic character, for sure. I know. He tells us all the time. <laughs> he won't let us forget. So he gets this new stealth suit, and he also receives a final gift from Tony Stark, an advanced AI named Edith, embedded in a pair of sunglasses. Edith, of course, stands for Even Dead, I'm the Hero. Which is fantastic. and It's, it's the most so Tony good. thing it's, ever. It is just chef's kiss, Tony Stark. When Brad tries to sabotage Peter's chances with MJ, Peter inadvertently authorizes a drone strike on their bus, but he destroys it before it does any damage. Yeah, hey, pulled a W. I mean, it happens sometimes. Some, every once in a while, you're like, whoops, accidentally triggered a drone strike on myself. <laughs> Gonna have to jump out this escape hatch on the top of the bus, do some fancy shenanigans. While well, everybody's looking for baby mountain goats. But why did he have to jump out the escape hatch on the top of the bus? Uh, or as I'm going
1: to call it, the, the Dwight hole, because of that one episode of The Office where <laughs> Dwight <laughs> mopes on the roof. And I'm just thinking of that now where they go to get pie. Yes. But why did he do that? Because like he says
0: baby mountain goats, everyone looks at the window. Why didn't he just say Edith? No, no, no. That seems like it would have been easier. But oh, it's because uh, Tony Ravioli knocked Edith off of his face. He had Edith on his face, I believe, at the time where he jumped up. Maybe because he has those those spider powers, it was faster for him to jump up and web the drone than it was to say, Edith, hey, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Uh, lots of questions.
1: Not the last we're going to be asking. <laughs> I'm, like, bracing myself because I know it's coming up, and there is a table-flipping moment for me that um, <laughs> I am not excited to talk about. And it's one of, like, the most annoying things that I feel like has happened in the MCU, and I will not let you brush over
0: it when we get there, Brian. There will be no brushing over it, don't none, worry. None. None. Once they're in Prague, Fury reprimands Parker for endangering his classmates with the drone strike. And now know, he cares about these kids, sure. He knows all about it for reasons. I, who knows? Beck consoles Peter, and Peter reluctantly agrees to help Beck fight the fire elemental, even though all he really wants to do is hang out with MJ and tell her that he likes her. Like, that's his whole... His whole thing, he's like, I just want to tell MJ that I got the hots for her. And Beck is like, come on, let's kill this fire elemental so it doesn't ruin your entire universe. The steaks, man, the steaks. They're well done steaks. <laughs> I would say
1: they're rare in this case because uh, no one's put them on the storytelling grill to let them heat up at all.
0: <laughs> oh, I was going more in that I like my steaks rare.
1: Oh, I do too. I'm a medium rare boy, though. Like I need it to be on there a little bit but I need it to be pink inside.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you like it well done, you're a monster.
0: You're you're an elemental monster trying to destroy our our world. Scorched earth style, like the fire elemental.
1: You ever cook a steak with the, the, a sous vide thing? Um no. Do you know what a sous vide is? The I do know what a sous vide is. You have like put it the little uh, heater thing inside like a lobster pot or whatever and you bag up the steaks and a zip yeah. log you can put your marinade in there and then the water kind of circulates at a certain temperature and you just leave it in there for like four hours. It's like a set it and forget it.
0: Right. It's great. You still gotta sear the thing though.
1: At the end you do, yeah. Yeah. You're not a monster. You got it like a well done person. but Otherwise you just have this gray lump of meat. Yeah, that's all it really is. But when you <laughs> cut it open, it's like perfectly done. But it is still a gray lump of meat.
0: Gotta get that crust on it. You char like
1: fake it almost at the end. I'm like, <laughs> let me just convince my brain that this is real food. <laughs> that I just it tastes cooked great, in water. But there's something missing. <laughs> it's like what's reserved for hot water? I don't know. Fucking ramen, not steak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what this movie has. Ramens, not steaks. You
1: slip that cup noodle underneath your Keurig or whatever <laughs> however you cook it you close the top and then you forget about it for like a half hour and when you come back it's still the hottest thing that's ever existed Somehow. and I, I do not know why mug companies have not embraced whatever cup noodles is using as their styrofoam <laughs> everyone's like go get the ember it's electronic keep your coffee warm forever and it's like cup noodle
0: <laughs> all you need is some non-biodegradable styrofoam <laughs>
1: Sid, if it'll kill a
0: seal, it's going to keep your shit warm for forever. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Harrington tells the students that they were given free tickets to the opera, which completely ruins their plans to go to Carnival. Boner kill. But it draws them away from where the elemental attack is meant to take place. Also true. Which is why, you know, these teachers are being manipulated into doing these things. Yeah, that's probably not great. With fury down his throat... Peter asks Ned to That's give MJ- That's a weird MJ... way to put that, Brian. Is. Well, Fury is, is, is just giving Peter the business. Listen, motherfucker, <laughs>
1: you think I'm a one-eyed monster? I'll show you a one-eyed monster down your throat! What? That's the- um... This is my step-nick Fury.
0: Salt <laughs> porn. Again, we did it. <laughs> Peter asks Ned to give MJ an excuse for his departure. He's like, hey, you let her know that I'm sick or something. But MJ decides she's going to follow Peter, because they had a moment, briefly.
1: He was Very like, I'm briefly, gonna, yes.
0: I'm going to tell her, but then I'm going to run off, because I already know I have to do this other thing. So she follows Peter, and then Ned and Betty also follow Peter. They're like, oh, I think they're sneaking away to carnival, let's go. But this is like Betty's idea, which is awesome! Betty's a badass. and She Ned really is, like, is! Ned's like, we really shouldn't do that, because I know why we're at the opera, but, you know, Ned. Or Ned. Ned. Ned has to, like, hide all this, and it's tough, and... He might be, like, the strongest one out of the whole bunch. It's got to be a lot weighing on on Ned's mind. So Ned and Betty end up trapped on a Ferris wheel when the fire elemental emerges. As you do when you're at anything with stakes where there's a Ferris wheel involved at all. Somebody's going to be stuck on that Ferris wheel. And it's going to be the characters you care about, not just some random people in Prague. It is, like, just an eternal Chekhov's Ferris wheel. Like, the first time we saw the
1: Ferris wheel on screen in, like, 1909... And someone got stuck <laughs> on it comedically. They're just like, "That's got to come back." We showed it in the first act of movie
0: making. <laughs> Forever, Ferris wheels are doomed to be traps for our characters. Thanks, Buster Keaton. Probably, <laughs> most likely, yeah. <laughs> so Peter rescues Ned and Betty, and Ned has to come up with a, a fake identity because Betty's like, "That's Spider-Man," and Ned's like, "No, it's Night Monkey." What a name! What a name! I don't know how you pulled that out of nowhere. Right out of the purple smoke, Ned pulled that one. He's
1: doing some heavy lifting, man. He's got to be on his toes. But he's got to,
0: exactly. He's got to protect Spider-Man's identity. Right? So as Peter is securing the couple, one of his webs snags something invisible and a piece breaks off and lands near MJ, who, yeah, she's still here too, hiding. And that's when Nick Fury and Maria Hill arrive and Beck is like, it's too late to stop the elemental. And he's like, I'm going to have to sacrifice myself. And he dives into the chest of the fire elemental and destroys it from the inside and miraculously survives. What a hero. He is the biggest hero that's ever existed. Fury once again reprimands Peter for not keeping his classmates away and getting distracted, and he invites Beck to Berlin to build a new superhero team. He's like, hey, you've got Avengers potential. Meet me in in Germany. For reasons. Again, for reasons. We got to go to the next location for reasons. Beck invites Peter out to a pub to celebrate defeating the Elementals. He's like, hey, Nick's kind of hard on you. I mean, Fury. Nobody calls him Nick except for the first line of this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so they go to this pub, and and Beck is like, hey, you know, responsibilities are tough, kid. But, you know, you're doing a good job. And Peter's like, I'm too young to be doing all this Avengers-level crises things. And, and Beck's like, hey, you'll figure it out. And then a waitress picks up the Edith glasses from the floor because Peter dropped them because, you know, he's Peter Parker. That's the best you got. It's, I think it's the best this movie has. Fair enough. Super convenient that he dropped the glasses at that moment. I'm like, I'm shaking knowing what's coming up. I'm shaking. Peter shows off the glasses to Beck and he has an epiphany regarding Stark's message, which was basically like, hey, for the next Iron Man, I trust you. Which you could read as, hey, you're the next Iron Man, I trust you. Or it could be like, give these to the next Iron Man, I trust you to decide who that is. Right, grammar's important, and they just threw it out the window here in order to move the story along, (laughs) I guess. They're like, hey, for the first time ever, Tony's going to be short with words. (laughs) (laughs) So we can make this ambiguous enough that it makes sense that Peter bequeaths the Edith glasses to Quentin Beck. And of course beck is reluctant at first but then he gives in and he takes the Edith glasses and then peter fucks off to enjoy the rest of his vacation he's like all right cool we we did what we needed to do here i'm out i need a second take it take as long as
1: you need this episode is not brought to you by headspace.com but i feel like i can use that sweet australian's
0: man's like voice in my ears right now just to calm me down <laughs> peter is not two steps out of the pub And the establishment begins to dissipate, revealing that it was a hologram the whole time, including, I don't know, two out of three of the patrons. Meatloaf math. Not the part that bothers me. It was pretty neat. Before we get to the part that bothers you, I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. You're a son of a bitch. That's what you are. (laughs) In the movie, Mysterio says, somebody get this stupid costume off of me. On the contrary, in real life, Jake Gyllenhaal loved wearing his costume and wanted to wear it in every scene that he possibly could. See, I appreciate
1: that mostly because there's a lot of pictures on the internet of Tom Holland and Jake Gyllenhaal visiting hospitals and whatnot in the yeah. costumes and I that always is the real treat of it all and especially when like a villain can get involved in it. Yeah.
0: I think that's so awesome. It's always nice when the people doing it are having fun doing it. Agreed. Like Pratt 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 does it all the time. Oh yeah. I, I don't know that he doesn't know how to have not have fun. There was a lot of negatives in that sentence. I hope it translates correctly, To Chris Pratt likes to have fun.
1: <laughs> I like that you just like Google translated yourself. Yeah. That's good. Well,
0: I feel like I did like a quadruple negative there. I mean,
1: it's just <laughs> it was too much. That almost brings you all the way back around. Maybe that's how you get the positive. I don't know how it all works.
0: Your grammar's as Four good as Tony left Stark's. Four lefts make a right? No, that just puts you back to where you started, I think. <laughs> Are you ready? Want to do uh, this? I'm ready. Give Beck. me a second, give me a
1: second, give me a second.
0: Okay. Yeah, that feels necessary. Go ahead. So, it turns out, that Quentin Beck, is playing a game. Yeah, the whole time. The whole time. All this was fake. Every bit of it was fake! Beck which is okay, life. which is okay. That's fine. That's, that's kind of the whole thing about the Mysterio character, and most yep. people would have known that going into the movie. If you thought Mysterio was a good guy at any point,
1: I do not know what to tell
0: you. You know, yeah, you set yourself up for this shocking twist. It would be such a huge reveal.
1: Whoa! But
0: also the way the MCU One of Spider-Man's
1: original villains who has been evil the whole time was actually a bad guy? Holy shit!
0: I also wouldn't put it past the MCU at this point to just like rewrite a villain to be a new hero. It seems like some shit that they would do. You know, like the Skrulls. Yeah, which is fine because we're still learning about them.
1: But the part that Gets me after everything disappears is Jake Gyllenhaal (laughs) going, That was easy. And you're like, did you really have to fucking laugh like that? Did you have to do that?
0: Uh. Go ahead, Brian. Beck and his accomplices are all disgruntled former employees of Stark Enterprises. Yup! Or Stark Industries. Who knows? Purple smoke, green smoke, you know? It doesn't matter, but this is the part that's going to make me need therapy. Beck made up the elementals to get people to see him as a hero, using drones to create the destruction left behind by their appearances, and he's mostly just pissed off at Tony for stealing his life's work and naming it Barf.
1: And the reason why we know all of this <laughs> is because Quentin Beck, now surrounded by his team of ex-Stark employees, gets onto a table. <laughs> he stands up on the bar. To give a <laughs> toast to every character That matters now. Of like, here's to you, guy from original Iron Man movie who we totally forgot. William Ginter Riva. But Jeff Bridges yelled, he made it in a cave with scraps. How could you forget about him?
0: Easily. Very easily. Like the most easily I could forget about him. I feel like when you watch a movie and Ralphie shows up, you know that Ralphie's going to come back.
1: Yeah, okay, Brian. Yeah, okay. But he's toasting everybody (laughs) around him. And as he's toasting, he's dropping exposition bombs to tell the story to us, the audience. It's like it's a new way to drop exposition. And it is the laziest fucking writing that the MCU has ever done.
0: (laughs) It's so bad because he's basically standing up there. Toasting his team, telling them what they what do. they've done, what they know they've done. Hey, and this guy, this guy right here, he used to work for Tony Stark too, because that's how we all know each other, right? You know how we know each other. And here's to you, Peyton Manning of the what the last year that you played on the Denver Broncos,
1: you were the quarterback, you were the quarterback, Peyton. You you called Hike and yelled Omaha and you took the ball and you either handed it off or passed. Uh, and we and you won the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, you did it because you are our quarterback. Remember, Peyton Manning? You're our quarterback. I will tell you what you've done, Peyton Manning. <laughs> because I am Quentin Beck, and this is what I do. I
0: um I have a cape dime to be trivia fact.
1: <laughs> I kind of want you to fuck all the way off right now, Brian. I wrote it. I and I want you to fuck all the way off. <laughs>
0: this just there's no other time to do this one. Okay. The producers decide to remove a dun 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 from the audio track after every exposition reveal in Mysterious Toast after he received the Edith glasses. Yes, it's a hundred percent
1: factual because it's on IMDb, but that might as well be what fucking
0: happens. Let's take out the dun dun dun. It's it's already, you know. John Favreau is like, wow, that's that's pretty heavy-handed. John Favreau is just walking around
1: the set at this point. Like, he was a Neanderthal who got into a boxing ring without gloves. And his (laughs) knuckles are just the most beaten up they've ever been because they're so heavy, his hands, at this moment.
0: (laughs) But he's doing a victory lap because at least his hands aren't the heaviest.
1: They're not anymore. They're not anymore. And I'm so happy we're almost done with this show because Jon Favreau, (laughs) we might have to retire and call it a Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) The Jake Gyllenhaal salute. And if you do a Jake Gyllenhaal salute, it's a borderline Hulk smash through whatever's in front of you.
0: Yeah, I don't think my my desk could handle it.
1: This scene is bullshit, Brian. (laughs) But, um, I don't know, stakes. No, no, no. Like, the only thing that would make it worse if he did it in, like, a fucking poem. <laughs> like in <laughs> superman 1978 like that's the uh, only thing that would make this this is sincerely one of the most annoying things i've seen in any movie we've ever talked about
0: uh, they really leaned into it being a, a sudden twist
1: it is a sudden twist, and like I, it's a Spider-Man movie. You have that little nugget of gold. It's a lot like if I squatted down and took a shit on the floor, and then a panhandler from nineteen or eighteen forty-nine came around <laughs> and picked up the shit and just started shaking it back and forth to find that little nugget of gold that is Spider-Man, and he found it. And the, the nugget fell out. The nugget of gold fell out, which is great. But inherently, there's still just a pile of shit on the floor. That is
0: this scene. <laughs> Hey, tell me how you really feel. So, yeah, Beck's using technology to make himself appear fuck in Fuck this scene, Brian! Well, I'm trying to get out of it, but you keep bringing me back fuck in. Fuck this scene, Brian! Hey, Dave, fuck this scene? It's been so long since I've hated something this much. <laughs> it almost feels like you want to hate it.
1: No! No, 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 no. I, I liked it the first time. I went, that was a really clever way of doing it. And then watching it the second time, I went, why? why
0: writers why yeah come on mckenna and summers you're better than this and i know that for a fact i do know that for a fact but here we are (sighs) gotta move this spider-man movie along you know
1: can you skip a
0: full minute of whatever you're about to talk to
1: next just so we can move it along even faster sure i've cut in too far with my anger (laughs) at this scene
0: oh my god despite the news that their vacation is being cut short since elemental monsters keep popping up wherever they go. Peter and MJ take a walk to the Charles Bridge. And Peter tells her he has something to tell her. Because, you know, instead of just telling her, you tell her that you have something to tell her. And <laughs> MJ's course. like, I know what it is. You're Spider-Man. And he's like, what? That's crazy. I'm not Spider-Man. And then she's like, hey, I have this piece of tech from earlier, from, from when the fire monster was here. And it's covered in webs. And it's, it's weird that Night Monkey has webs. I think it's you. And, and then all of a sudden, the projector... This piece of tech that she picked up kicks on and activates and reveals this incomplete illusion of a scripted fight sequence with Mysterio. It looked pretty complete to me. It was like a piece of it, but yeah. It, it was I mean, like a big
1: piece of it, though. A big piece. And like the best projector ever. Like, <laughs> I have I have a projector here in the uh, the Fortress that I watch a ton of shit on. It's 13 feet away, projects yep. 120 inches, and it looks great. It looks and right even yeah. sometimes it doesn't. Like, whenever you get something that's just a little (laughs) pixelated. These
0: are the greatest projectors onto no screen of all time? Well, to be fair, they're Stark tech in the year 2024. That's very, very fair, but, like, I feel like with this tech, like, I can high-five Tupac. You probably could. You probably could, and they'll even use a little drone to bump your hand so it feels like you're high-fiving Tupac. Or it just turns out to be Tupac because he's not dead dun 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 <laughs> dun 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 and here's a that toast and the to you tupac ever. do you remember when you were shot oh my
1: god if <laughs> they turned the camera to tupac <laughs> man you know what that would have made it all worth it <laughs> that's what it was.
0: just tupac and biggie arm and arm hanging out cheersing. kissing kissing oh kissing the next kissing. level that yeah. explains the aggression it does. It's just it was the '90s.
1: East first. West. Were they both west? Were they both? It was east first. West. East I, versus I, West. I am not with it when it comes to that. That's that's
0: fair. You don't have to be with it. And that's the everything. way to put it
1: when you don't understand that whole situation. But you know that P- Tupac isn't dead. You know that.
0: Right. Right. You fact. know that Tupac's not dead, but I'm not sure if he was from California <laughs> or if he was from the East Coast. I got a Wikipedia. All that stuff.
1: That's all. Like digest my info now my of, of life like how did my kids ask me some shit i don't know holograms no that makes sense <laughs> <It totally checks laughs> out. I, what's the most fucked up hologram that could exist like if you were just out and about in your everyday life and a hologram popped up what would make you like stop your your to be like what the fuck jake gyllenhaal giving a toast that would make me furious, first of all. <laughs> that would give me road rage even if I weren't driving.
0: Uh, just, hey, what are we doing here? Even that's a hologram now? He's alive, though. Like, that's the weird part. He's alive, Brian. Well, I mean, what's more fucked up than hologramming somebody who could just appear? Who's alive who could appear? That's Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so they realize, because of this hologram, that Beck is a fraud. And Peter. And Peter? Peter. Peter.
1: Oh, we got a report of a rogue peteur
0: about to hit Earth. <laughs> there's this uh there's a Peteer uh, brace race for <laughs> impact of this incoming peteurite. Pete sounds like, <laughs> like something you would give your sick child and needs their electrolytes. Back. <laughs> well everybody knows that once a petier, but like alien hits kid. the earth, it becomes a peteurite. <laughs> Peter immediately confesses to being Spider-Man. He's like, oh shit, this is bad. I gave him the thing. I'm Spider-Man. I need your help. We need to go. And MJ's like, uh, okay. They go back to the hotel. Peter suits up. MJ and Ned have to provide him an alibi. I don't know why he had to tell MJ he was Spider-Man in that moment, but he does. No idea. Now she's, she's part of it. And he heads to Berlin to warn Fury. Meanwhile, Beck reveals his grand plans to his co-conspirators. He's like, yeah, I like what we're doing here with the uh, Avengers level threat in London. And then I'm going to save the survivors, become an even bigger hero than Iron Man. It's, you know, I got to upstage Iron Man. That's the whole point here. Also, I want to get an official Red Rider carbine action 200 shot <laughs> range model air rifle on these drones. And that's when when William Ginteri was like, you'll shoot your eye out, Quentin, because he's Peter Billingsley. Yes.
1: yes uh there's really no way to work around that is there (laughs) no no
0: there's just ralphie doing uh drone stuff
1: it's not even like what ralphie looks like though which is the weird thing it's not even like what peter billingsley looks like peter billingsley is a producer now
0: well here he's bald and mustachioed that's right while they're running through their their elemental megazord monster Beck notices a rendering error in his illusion and he furiously examines the footage further. And then, of course, he's like, well, show me what this drone sees. And he gets an aerial shot somehow of MJ showing the projector evidence to Peter. And he's like, oh, shit. Now I got to kill this kid. I liked this kid. Now I got to kill him. This is on you, Ralphie. This is on you. It's not what you want. I get it. You don't want to have to go
1: out and kill the kid. But I mean, yellow eyes. He had yellow, yellow eyes. eyes exactly. <laughs>
0: Green smoke, purple butt smoke, whatever it is. (laughs) Exactly. Yellow brown eye, the Scott Farkas story. (laughs) Scott Farkas, of course, (laughs) played by a hologram of Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course. Voiced by Tupac, probably. In Berlin, Peter attempts to expose Beck's plan to fury, and then a drone shoots fury. (laughs) That's not great. It's not what you want when you're like, hey, I got to tell you about this thing that's happening, and then the guy you're telling it to gets shot. The office building that they're in suddenly vanishes into a building under construction where Quentin Beck emerges and starts tormenting Peter with various illusions. Actual IMDb trivia fact.
1: Go ahead. I'm really excited to talk about this, though. But yeah, oh, you, we, do, your, you do
0: your hard breaks here before we do that. That's fine, right? Okay. Mysterio's illusion sequence contains 150 visual effects shots.
1: Holy was,
0: shit! And was based on the dream films A Nightmare on Elm Street and Paprika, the surreal animated feature Duck Amuck and the pink elephant's hallucination from Dumbo. Janik Sirs described the sequence as an elaborate Broadway production with an unlimited budget.
1: That is insanity because this is like a five minute sequence of a lot of visual things get thrown at you. It's very confusing to see.
0: It's super confusing. It's the coolest thing.
1: It's unbelievably it's well done.
0: So, so cool. And it is everything I've wanted to see. From a Mysterio in a Spider-Man movie for as long as I've liked Spider-Man.
1: They managed to confuse Spider-Man with visuals, but also confuse the audience with visuals. It's really hard to believe what yes. you're seeing while you're in that theater seat. It's so well done. It it's- almost makes up for the toast scene, but it doesn't. But it almost <laughs> does. It's so well done. They
0: they offset each other, mostly. <laughs> Maybe not entirely, but mostly. It's a fantastic scene. I mean, you even get, like, zombie Iron Man crawling out of his grave. There's a fight with a bunch of spider man It's, it's but very But it just well keeps done. going, which is the thing, too. Yes.
1: It goes on for such a long time that you're expecting it to end, and you're expecting it to end. You're expecting
0: it to end. And it just does not. And it doesn't. End. And then when you think it ends, it doesn't end. <laughs> Peter is eventually saved by Nick Fury, who shoots Quentin Beck in the back and demands to know who else Peter told about Beck's plan. So Peter tells Fury that, you know, MJ, Ned, and probably Betty know. And it's about that time that we realize this ain't no Nick Fury at all. It's Quentin Beck with another illusion. And he's like, you're an idiot, Peter Parker. And then he gives him a (laughs) toast. (laughs) As he does. And Peter is suddenly struck by a train. Which isn't great. Not what you want. Not ideal. Beck has Edith reroute the Midtown Tech class trip to London intending to kill Ned, MJ, and Betty. Which is strange
1: now, because now he's just, like, wanting to just kill these three kids, but also a lot of other casualties, but mostly these three kids.
0: I mean, his main plan right now is to do this big event in London so he can emerge the biggest hero of all time, but now he also has to tie up loose ends, which he sees in Ned, MJ, and Betty. He could just, like, illusion him into insanity. Yeah, but he was already planning on taking casualties in london because he's got to cut through the noise that's fair the more right. people die the more news coverage you get
1: not wrong <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> not it's wrong. true and also no, hold on that might on be evil
1: because night monkey gets a shitload of news coverage he does for being like a brand new superhero but i don't know if it's global coverage or just
0: prog coverage well, what's the difference? I mean, Prague's the center of the news world, right? Uh, As we say. You know what? You're right. Last time I checked, yes.
1: Ha! Ah, that's a great joke.
0: <laughs> Go you. Go you. Uh, I had to make up for the one I missed earlier. Oh, man. <laughs> well done. You know how sometimes you ask me, are you proud of that one? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I watched you. You somehow got a top hat and tipped it to me. I don't know how you even manage that. I keep it here just for my really good jokes. <laughs> I've seen you pull it out a few times now.
0: (laughs) Peter survives the collision with the train, and he crawls into a train car, and he later wakes up in a holding cell in the Netherlands. As you do? Well, I have an actual IMDb trivia fact about this, too. Okay. At one point in the movie, Peter Parker wears the famous orange strip of Dutch National Football Team. I'm reading this as written, by the way. Sure. Yep. Thus, Tom Holland is wearing a Holland shirt. In Holland. There you go. That's you, like you should Chris Nolan the versions fact.
1: of Inception right there. Like, Chris Nolan probably saw this and then Pee Wee Herman in the movie theater. <laughs> oh, man, so many levels. <laughs> 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 oh, if he gets to three levels, I'm going to- Oh, God! <laughs> it's even
0: hotter because he wasn't alive between 2019 and 2024. <laughs> oh, oh, man, my
1: OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> uh, Step-snapped. <laughs>
1: Uh, I feel like we're just giving away this marketing advice. We shouldn't, but we are. But <laughs> we, we do now.
0: So Peter breaks out of the, the holding cell and he calls Happy to come rescue him. And when Happy shows up, Peter's very suspicious of him. He's like, How do I know you're real? Well Happy's like, Well, we've never talked about this really, but remember that, that step movie you bought while we were <laughs> in Germany?
1: <laughs> uh, Peter bought porn. Happy knows about the porn. It is canon. It absolutely is. Even though I think it would have been better, like, your Aunt May's got a unicorn tattoo right above her hoo-ha, or something like that. How would Peter know that? I don't know,
0: it's not a that would have been a
1: great flex from Happy.
0: Great flex. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think he's still trying to be secretive about the whole thing, though. Oh, that'll blow up in his face later. That's fine. So once he proves himself to be real to this paranoid and weary Peter, he brings Peter onto the Stark private jet. For first aid, a motivational speech, and a heavy-handed, if not extremely effective, "Hey, look, he's the new Iron Man" moment, complete with ACDC. It works. It does. It's it's kind of the big emotional part of this movie. Is like, "Hey, look at him. He's making a suit and putting his hand in the hologram the way that Tony does."
1: Whoa! And like, Happy's look at him, just like, "Man, I know a guy who used to finger holograms like that." <laughs>
0: And hey, it's not like in the next Spider-Man movie we're going to completely abandon this whole new Tony Stark thing. Exactly. (laughs) Knowing Beck will target his classmates, Peter uses Flash Thompson's live streams to find them, and then Happy takes off to London while Peter develops a new Spider-Man suit. Once they arrive in London, Spider-Man literally dives into action. He jumps off the plane. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Beck launches his attack with the elemental Megazord. Is this the part where Tower Bridge gets all fucked? Sure is. All right, well,
1: Tower Bridge gets all fucked. And I want to know where, geographically, Mysterio is hiding in this. It's very there's, confusing.
0: There's an observation deck on, on Tower Bridge, and that's pretty much where he's camped out. But is there? That's real. That's a real thing. I question.
1: think so. Okay, but, I mean, you see the both the towers of the titular Tower Bridge right. get annihilated, G.I. Joe style.
0: The London Bridge for those... Uh, Of you who have no idea what we're talking about. Are you calling our listeners uneducated? I would never. Fair enough. But if you are, (laughs) that's the bridge.
1: (laughs) It just seems like it's weird because he's like hiding in like the attic of this bridge. I get it's an observation platform, but it it is such a weird location.
0: It really is.
1: But there's like so much shenanigans happening outside of it also. And there's a shitload of
0: drones. There's so many drones because now he has Edith. So he has access to, you know, the whole network of Tony Stark's I shouldn't make this, but I did because I'm Tony Stark drones.
1: Right. And instead of putting on a super cool Super Bowl halftime show, like he's just (laughs) said,
0: kill all humans. Kill all humans. Yeah. I'm going to make this giant... Projection hologram, and people are gonna be like, "That's scary," and then I'm gonna beat it with my hologram self. But how does it? The hologram work? Because I've,
1: we see in when he's like practicing the holograms, he's like, "Oh, turn destruction up," and these holograms have like guns
0: that fire and break shit. Well, the holograms don't. The drones do. But that's, that's what I meant. The drone. Apologies to all holograms out there. <laughs> the holograms on their own, innocent.
1: Right. The drones causing destruction. Right. The drones are. Setting up the holograms for the crimes for exactly. sure, but the drones have guns on them and they break shit. Yep. But do like the drones have like a super soaker on them also, where they make things wet, like Maybe. They did in Venice? Uh, they must. And then do they have like I don't know F- flame, flame throwers? throwers on them to make things all hot? And I don't know. Fiery wasn't,
0: in Prague wasn't there an air one too? So they must have like Dyson spheres on them. <laughs> like a Dyson air blade. Yes, that's what I, the Dyson air blade. Just built on oh, these drones. Oh,
1: to... One of those made me feel like a fucking moron last week. Oh? I went to a rest stop because I'm on the road all the time, as you know. Yeah. And it was like a newfangled one where it had the faucet built into the middle, but then it had like two wings so you can like wash your hands and put them outside, like just slightly oh. open your hands up and it would dry at the same time. But like every other Dyson product, it doesn't work the way it's <laughs> supposed to work.
0: Yeah, it only activates like when you're underneath the faucet.
1: Right. So it was very confusing. So I'm sitting there looking like I'm like a fucking magician shuffling my hands like I'm about to make something disappear, trying to figure out which one's the air, which one's the water.
0: Just doing sleight of hand at the rest stop mirror. I think I'm getting dumber, man. Maybe. I don't know. Or technology's like so
1: advanced, like bathroom technology is just <laughs> surpassing me.
0: Next thing you know, you're going to be going into a bathroom and just be Jake Gyllenhaal giving toasts.
1: Bob Vila here, and what the fuck is that?
0: <laughs> this new house, I don't I don't know what's happening. Like I can see, like, Jake Vila showing
1: up for this new house. <laughs> <laughs> like, his son, and he's just, like, doing all tech stuff, and his
0: father's in the corner like, I have no son! I have no son! <laughs> Back in my day, we used to do this with OxyClean. I mean, <laughs> hands clean. I mean, tools. orange
1: clean! I mean... <laughs>
0: So I'm not Billy Mays.
1: It'll make you say wow every time, Jake I'm Villa.
0: Bob Villa, and I have been this whole time.
1: <laughs> that would be like the greatest trick. Like, everyone's like, oh, the greatest trick the devil played was convincing the world didn't exist. Like, no, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing us <laughs> that he was a dead Billy Mays, but it was a Bob Villa. <laughs> Bob the <whole> Villa and <laughs> Billy Mays <laughs> were two people,
0: and not just one crafty hologram. Not just a coked up guy with a hammer. Okay, you know what? I have an answer now to the, your most <laughs> fucked up
1: hologram <laughs>
0: questions. So it's Billy Mays. <laughs> Just a hologram of Billy Mays trying to clean up graffiti, but he's a hologram, so he can't actually do it.
1: You can't do it. Or like you rent out like instead of like a candy gram type thing, like you would do it back in the day, like I am your singing telegram clue style. Right. Instead you have like a flashlight or whatever that pops like a a uh, uh, Billy is <laughs> up there. Billy and it's, Mays like, here. do it for anniversary, like Billy Mays here. Happy anniversary! Your husband's gonna get the beehole tonight,
0: right? Right? <laughs> right? 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 Call now to get two b-holes absolutely <laughs> free. <laughs> but wait, there's
1: more. You give up your beehole, then he has to give up his beehole, and that's how marriages survive.
0: It's only fair. <laughs> Two easy payments and one complicated one. That's right. You don't want to know what the complicated one is. So Spider the Man The first payment's
1: gonna be fourteen ninety nine. The second payment's gonna be fourteen ninety nine. The third payment's gonna be thirty seven payments
0: in a row? In a row? <laughs>
1: hey, try uh, not to make any payments on your way through the parking lot.
0: Go see Clerks Three. It's very good.
1: I'm so jealous you got to go, and you got to see the Kevin Smith talk for forever.
0: Kevin Smith answered, like, six Q&A questions, and it only took about two and a half hours. <laughs> Sounds like a Kevin Smith Q&A. <laughs> it was great. Highly recommend. But Spider-Man. That's right. I forgot we were there. Spider-Man dives into the middle of the hologram, because now he knows it's a hologram. He's like, if I can get inside it, I won't be tr- tricked by it. I don't know what's happening. So he gets inside. He starts battling a swarm of drones. And he ends up taking out enough that it starts to impact the actual illusion. And Beck's like, what the hell's going on The mahologram. hologram? And he's like, all right, fine. Turn it off and have all the drones attack Spider-Man. Probably a good move, actually. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's not tricking anybody because everybody can see through it. Spider-Man ends up using all of his web fluid in the process of fighting off these drones. So now, you know, he, he can't really swing around. He's just Spider-Man. Steaks. Sous vide steaks. That's right. Meanwhile, Happy goes to rescue Peter's friends, and he leads them to the vault of the Royal Crown Jewels. Because, you know, got to keep the kids safe. They're under attack. Right. And then they have that whole
1: scene where they're just like, oh, we're going to share truths or whatever. Right. And then, of course, it has a button on it of Happy saying, I'm in love with Spider-Man's aunt, which is a thing.
0: That is a thing, and probably pretty revealing. You yeah, know, if you're trying to revealing. Trying to keep a secret identity happening here. Uh, now... Maybe Tony Ravioli is going to figure some shit out. He won't, but he won't. He will not. He also makes like a
1: heartbreaking story in a bit. Let's give him a break.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Happy also makes a call to Nick Fury to tell him about a surfboard. Very subtle. Right. We're in the third act here, so we need to keep it light. Well, it's obviously a coded (laughs) message. It is. And the worst thing for a coded message to be is obvious, but It is. It is. Quentin Beck uses Edith to control the drones to protect him, casting an illusion within the walkway between him and Spider-Man. Oh, this is very good. And Spider-Man's like, well, shit, what do I do now? Oh, I know. I'm going to trust my Peter Tingle.
1: (laughs) It's the worst name ever, but I love it.
0: Because they do call it the Peter Tingle the entire movie. They do. It's not Spidey sense. It's Peter Tingle. It's the Peter Tingle, and it's going to come back. (laughs) It sure will. But he uses the Peter Tingle to see through the illusion and attack Beck and a panicked Beck orders his protection drones to open fire, but Peter uses one of the drones as a shield, which causes another one to misfire, and it ends up shooting Beck.
1: That's not what you want.
0: If you're Beck, it's not what you want. If you're Spider-Man, That's right. it might be okay.
1: Yeah, it's probably fine.
0: So Spidey reaches Beck, counters a last-ditch effort of an illusion, because he's actually to your left. He's not in front of you, but, you know, the Peter tingle. He knows what's happening now.
1: It's very good, though, because oh, it is. you have
0: Mysterio Beck, and he's, like,
1: saying, like, you're just too nice, Peter. That's always been your problem. But here's the glasses. I respect you. And Peter, like, reaches to his side as Mysterio's about to fire a gun at him, because now apparently he just has a handgun. I mean, for whatever gotta reason. have
0: a contingency hologram. And he's like, you
1: can't fool me anymore. That's not what you want. If you're Mysterio and your entire existence is based on
0: fooling people. If Peter. your whole thing is illusion-based, it makes it very difficult to, uh, to operate when they can see through your illusions. Yep. So your reclaims Edith. The glasses, and he calls off the attack on himself, London, and his classmates, all in one fell swoop. Execute them all. Execute
1: all the protocols. Execute them all. Words don't matter.
0: Words. I have to say this in a very weird way, so we can connect it later. (laughs) After Beck succumbs to his wounds and apparently dies, I say apparently because it's Mysterio. You never know. It's a villain in a movie. They never die. Come on. Especially one known for illusion. <laughs> right. Peter goes and finds MJ. They do the kiss. They finally awkwardly. did it. it super awkwardly. But, you know, teenagers. Sure. 26-year-old teenager. <laughs> one of Beck's accomplices, you know, the aforementioned Peter Billingsley, <laughs> recovers Beck's drone files and escapes to a safe location. Everybody returns to New York. Ned reveals that he and Betty have ended their relationship, whereas Happy and May are having their own complicated relationship issues of their own.
1: Well, Happy was like, we're dating. And May is like, it was a summer, summer fling. fling.
0: Either way. Good for you, Happy. Happy. Good job. I want to shake your hand. Well done. Peter's like, okay, this is enough of this. And he's like, I'm going to leave. I have a date with MJ. And then you cue your classic Spider-Man swings around for a while at the end of a movie.
1: And this Spider-Man, I really like the way that he swings because he swings very erratically.
0: Yes, I actually like, I really like this. Like he's hanging
1: from a piece of web. That just happens to hit a building?
0: Yeah, this feels, I think this is one of my favorite end sequences of the the classic Spider-Man swings around the city.
1: I completely agree. It feels uncontrolled like it would.
0: Yeah, and I really like the, the wink to the PS4 game with the selfie. That PS4 game, now PS5 game is just so goddamn good. So good. It's so goddamn good. And then, of course, Spidey swings by MJ and then carries her around the city while she screams in terror. Yeah, great way to end the movie. Yeah. And that is almost Spider-Man Far From Home. Almost. But then we get a mid-credits scene where Peter and MJ land at Madison Square Garden where several billboard screens start airing a report from controversial online news reporter J. Jonah Jameson of the Daily Bugle, played by J-fucking-K-fucking-Sim-fucking-Ins.
1: Yep. That was one of the best reveals and cameos that you could have. Oh, and it was such a
0: surprise too. Like it, it wasn't really like other was. things that got ruined. It was they kept it secret.
1: And he's doing it like in the same way that the J. Jonah Jameson character does it in the Spider-Man PlayStation game. Yes. Where he's that now controversial sort of radio
0: host in a way. Right. Right. He's he's a, a, an Alex Jones type. Right, but not as big of a pile of shit, <laughs> right. but still a pile right. of shit. He's he's still a JK Simmons, so we respect him. Exactly. Jameson releases footage from the Battle of London. The Doctored broadcast is Mysterio's last words, which directly incriminate Spider-Man for the elemental attacks. You know, he says, Execute them all. Ah, oh, what a weird choice of words. Strange, huh? And Mysterio follows it up by ousting Spider-Man's secret identity as Peter Parker. And I love Peter's reaction. What the fuck? And that's when they cut it. It's so good. That's two straight Spider-Man movies that end with a what the fuck cut. They should just keep doing it. Just keep leaning in. Every time. I love it. And that is still almost
1: Spider-Man Far From
0: 419. we also have, of course, a post credit scene. Nick Fury and Maria Hill are just driving somewhere and are revealed to actually be the Skrulls, Talos and Sorin. Fucking Ben Mendelsohn is back for Ben Mendelsohn is a treat, and he's he's, so good.
1: I mean, Talos and Soren
0: are just so good. They are. I love these characters, and it just—it's a whole extra level of like what was real and what wasn't in this movie. The real Nick Fury has been on some kind of space station the entire time, and now it's time to get back to work. Before we, we wrap it up, I do have one more I To Be Trivia Fact and one more Caped I be the Trivia end? Fact. Jesus, At Jesus, the man. very end, what yeah. What are you doing? Hey, man, I didn't write this caped one, so. Not wrong. All right, fair enough. The first word of dialogue suggests that Fury and Hill are Skrulls. As established in Captain Marvel, everyone calls him Fury, a gaffe that reveals Talos' true identity when he greets Fury in the elevator as Nick. The very first spoken word in this movie is Hill addressing Fury as Nick. That's very good. I didn't catch it. And then the one that is most definitely caped, Samuel L. Jackson bare feet at the end of this film is a nod to Quentin Tarantino. Well, of course it is. (laughs) Duh. But
1: I love this little reveal because the whole time you're watching this movie, there is something so stunted about Samuel L. Jackson and Colby Smother's performance. Yes. There's like no energy behind it. It's very strange. Yeah. And, and they're in a
0: lot of this movie and they feel like they're almost phoning it in. And Nick Fury is making it script wise, story wise, making mistakes that you would never expect of Nick Fury.
1: I thought that this scroll reveal just was one of the more perfect things and that they were able to keep up the illusion of these two characters for an entire movie. Yes. Effectively.
0: Yeah. It worked. While still being slightly off, you still believe it's them until you don't anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. And for reals now, that is Spider-Man Far From Home
0: for 2019, directed by John fucking Watts. It's a good movie. It's a good it's movie. got a lot of weirdness to it. it. There's a lot of weirdness, starting with the fact that it, it doesn't feel like a Spider-Man adventure. It doesn't Not feel like a Spider-Man bit. story.
1: It's strange because the whole Far From Home thing is they're traveling all over the world for whatever reason.
0: Just because. I don't know. Because they had to have home in the title.
1: I guess so, but you have a street-level hero who is Spider-Man. Right. And you're pulling him out of his element to just say, like, look at all these cool locations. Go Spider-Man here,
0: I yeah. guess, even though he's, like, reluctantly doing it. Yeah, I understand that, like, this is supposed to be a taking Peter Parker out of his element kind of movie. You know, you take away his mentor. You take away his, his comfort zone. But, like, I don't know, it just it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like a Spider-Man story, you know?
1: it really doesn't like peter parker is new york's hero he's yeah. new york's guardian outside of hell's kitchen that's daredevil territory say out <laughs> that one very small set of blocks <laughs> well he can't see much farther than that so <laughs> that's that's a good point it feels forced more than anything
0: yeah i i can't disagree with that as much as i'd like to i can't and
1: it's still a fun movie like they oh, yeah. make the locations work more for the humor than they do for the actual story of it. Yeah. But it feels forced. Yeah. But let me ask you this part about it, because Rotten Tomatoes, 100, what are you thinking? 80? Yeah, it's 90. This is a Ooh. big, big, big boy
0: Yeah, a is. movie.
1: And audience score is 95%. Hoo-wee. People love this movie. Roger Ebert did see this movie from heaven. That's amazing. He looked down on it and he said... Well, you're going to be all over the world. That makes it easier for me to see. I don't have to. He didn't fucking see it. Turns out it was actually a
0: hologram of Roger Ebert that saw this movie. That's right.
1: That would be the most shocking. (laughs) People not named Roger Ebert who saw this movie. You got Mark Kennedy from the Associated Press. He said, it goes from sunny pop to acid jazz, from saved by the bell to the Matrix. Yep. Kind of nailed it. It does
0: do that. It does exactly that. It does
1: exactly that. John Anderson from the Wall Street Journal. He said, Spider-Man Far From Home is a visually incoherent, effects-heavy superhero movie that would seem quite at home on the Disney Channel.
0: (laughs) That's a little harsh.
1: It is a little harsh, but I get the will-he-won't-he aspect of the Disney Channel that he's going for. I get that. Yes. And Matt Singer from Screen Crush. He said, a lovely capper on the 23-course meal that has been the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date. (laughs)
0: That's right. This is the official end of the Infinity Saga.
1: It is, and it's a weird spot to end, but it also sort of kicks it off into phase four.
0: Yeah. I mean, they sort of does. There's mention of multiverse, but then it just turns out that that Quentin Beck is full of shit, and he literally says, Oh, yeah, these people will believe anything now. And that's almost a dig on the audience, and I love that.
1: Which I love, and if you're watching She Hulk, you should love it even more. Oh,
0: man. She Hulk
1: loves the audience and hates the audience in the best way. The best way. I will honestly say it's one of my favorite things Marvel's ever done.
0: It's it's so entertaining. It is so funny. And it it's knows so its well audience done. so well.
1: It does. It absolutely does. Other people who sort of like this movie, I guess, <laughs> are our friends on Letterboxd. And it's very mixed.
0: Really? It was like surprisingly mixed. For, for a 95% uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, that is surprising.
1: Well, it was more like people who raved about it, but then didn't go the full way with the stars. Be like,
0: this is the greatest movie I ever saw three stars!
1: (laughs) Like those types of things. Okay, yeah. Inconsistencies. So from July 2nd, 2019, bitches still be sobbing their eyes out whenever anyone mentions Tony. It's me. I'm bitches. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It is good. And yeah, the Tony stuff still does land because, yeah, he's only been dead a movie. Exactly. One movie. This is first, I'm dead.
0: <laughs> it's our first outing, Sands tones. <laughs> sans tones sounds like a font. It does, doesn't it?
1: We're up to December 14th, 2021. Jake Gyllenhaal is a little too good at
0: gaslighting. <laughs> well, that's Which good. is true. It's, yeah. I don't
1: know if it's good acting or if he's got experience. I don't know.
0: Well, I don't know. We could ask Taylor Swift. She'll tell you. Oh, geez, she'll write a song about it
1: <laughs> from July 6th, 2019, turning Mysterio from a former movie SFX guy into a disgruntled former Tony Stark employee is pretty representative of everything shitty about this movie.
0: <laughs> hey, every single person in the MCU has to have a connection to Tony Stark, even if he's dead. It's true,
1: but I thought it'd be very cool if they went with the traditional route of movie special effects guy yeah leaning into it harder i thought that'd be like a a fun wink ding making films kevin smith style
0: now absolutely movie now
1: that he's leaning into that hard
0: oh big time all of his movies are about kevin smith now <laughs> yeah they are
1: and he's his biggest fan as he'll say so that's okay Yeah. from july 4th 2019 did peter call his dick his web shooter <laughs> wait what He absolutely did. I missed that. He absolutely did. It's when he got the night monkey suit. He said, it's a little tighter on my web
0: shooter. Wow. Yeah, there's a dick joke in this movie. And I missed it. (laughs) Yeah, you did. That's disappointing. Is it? Yeah, because now I have to rewatch that scene with the hologram. Just for a dick joke? (laughs) My God. (laughs) Look, we all know this is not my last viewing of Far From Home. That's very, very true. Barring getting hit by a train tomorrow. It might happen. You'd have no. You idea. never know when somebody's gonna back you into, Tra- a, train. You into a train
1: with his holograms. <laughs> From July 7, 2019, Mysterio might be a snack, but Aunt May is a full five course meal with hors d'oeuvres to start and an espresso to cap it off.
0: Wow, they like that May. They uh, <laughs> they went into serious detail there. Yeah, they did. Why did that feel really <laughs> dirty, even though they were just describing a meal? I don't know. <laughs>
1: The last one I have is from July 2nd, 2019, Spider-Man Far From Home Wants What the Lizzie McGuire Movie Has.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what that is, but I love it. I
1: don't either. I just know it's some (laughs) Disney Channel shit and probably not wrong.
0: (laughs) Just like a little animated Peter Parker in the corner? I don't...
1: (laughs) I guess so. Uh, And on that note, Lab, we give this thing a super stuff score? Let's do that. Story Motivation. The story's there. He makes uh, a friend in the Quentin Peck. The motivation, not so much. He wants to be on vacation and is forced out of it to do his fucking job. To
0: do superhero stuff. Yeah. I kind of want to go like a .25. He, he it's saves not... the day, and he does it uh, in dramatic But what fashion. stakes are there? There's going to be a, a guy revered as a hero, even though he just killed a bunch of people in London. .5. Fine. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. I mean, sure. It's weird. It, it is. Very it's very weird. The whole plot is bizarre, but- we already wrote point .5. So, hero. That's right. Uh, it's Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's great. In this,
1: is he great? He wants to be on vacation. He, he, wants, wants
0: he doesn't want to do any of this. He's barely Spider-Man. I mean, he's Night Monkey for like half the movie.
1: He is, and he's like reluctantly traveling to different cities in Europe because he was told to. Because cause he wants to
0: bang MJ because That's Liz really isn't in this movie.
1: Uh, point .5 again. Yeah. I'm not impressed with the Spider-Man.
0: No, it's a 0.5 and it's it's a dirty 0.5 with a Spider-Man bump, I think.
1: Villains. Normally I want to give Mysterio 1 because it is pretty neat with the illusions oh, the, the and everything illusions like that it so looks good.
0: great. Yeah. But the toasting scene. The toasting scene I know really ruined it for you. I will go 0.75.
1: For the toasting scene. It needs to have a yeah, penalty. I'm okay and with And it could that. be more severe. It could be. it should
0: be more severe. But no, I think a .75 is, is warranted. I always Let's move on. No, no, stop
1: talking. Stop talking. Let's move on before I change my mind.
0: Okay. Stop talking. So let's talk about uh, parents. They're still dead. Or teamwork? No, it's definitely parents.
1: It's parents. They're still dead. It's a Spider-Man movie, but we don't see anyone die on screen, so let's go to .5 to be safe.
0: Female characters. MJ is there. MJ is there. She's She's the object of Peter's desire. All of a sudden, Betty's there. She's there. She's uh, Ned's girlfriend. Uh oh. <laughs> and
1: Maria Hill's there. And it's not Maria
0: Hill. It's not Maria Hill. But it is Soren, who who is you know the female Skrull. But she is you know the wife of Talos.
1: <laughs> there is one line of this movie where it's on Tower Bridge at the end of this thing where MJ runs out to go make sure that Peter's okay. Even though I don't know why, wouldn't be Spider Man, and she has. The, the spiky club. Yeah. That she stole from the crown jewels room or whatever. Right. And like she drops it, gives him a hug, and she said, I brought that. And like pointing to it, like just in case you need a backup. And it, <laughs> and it made me laugh really hard. Oh, it's great. So for that line, I want to go 0. 0.25. 0. 0.25 or, for that to line. To give
0: them something because it's a great line. Give you a little bit because I love Zendaya. I think she crushes it, but she's they, so they good. They don't give her much in this movie.
1: No, they don't. Setting. I hate what they did with this movie. Really? There's no reason for him to be traveling around Europe to random-ass cities all of a sudden, especially after the first attack with the sand monster with the face was in Mexico. And now sure. every other attack is just going to take place in Europe all of a sudden. And now they have to travel <laughs> to all these random-ass cities. And Berlin has nothing to do with anything, but they have to go there at some point. That is weird And in that Holland do that. for no reason at all also. Well, he got hit by a train, and trains go to Holland? <laughs> I guess so. There's no reason for a lot of the locations... Happening?
0: No, other than they're like, "Hey, want to go on vacation for real while we film this?" <laughs> spider We haven't done London movie?
1: yet. Let's go to London now for the final scene on for this the final one s- bridge, yeah. and not show anything
0: else in London. Just the one bridge. Maybe they were just trying to, you know, make some money in Europe. Like, hey, you're in this movie. 0.25 This is not
1: good. They represent the places where they went very well, but there's they no do. reason for them to they go. Do, to
0: them. but there's there's especially in a Spider-Man movie. Point two five. Style and tone.
1: It's a little all over the place. You have a lot of the love stuff, like the high school teen drama. Right, right. That plays a big role in it. But I think the biggest style and tone shift for this movie is Mysterio breaking your brain. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I love it. Mysterio is a very difficult character to pull off. Yes. And I thought that when they said, this is going to be a Mysterio villain movie, uh, you're kind of playing with fire.
0: It is definitely... A bold move. And it's one that Sam Raimi was was going to try to do with with uh, Forbes McGorbs. Torbs McGorbs? It would be Forbes. Forbes McGorbs before it got canceled. So
1: I kind of want to go .75. It still looks very good. Yeah,
0: I would give it a one, but we didn't get ever get to see Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. So .75. Though the chin wouldn't have fit in the fishbowl, first of all. <laughs> it would have to be an extended <laughs> chin fishbowl. I love it. No, I actually, I think .75 is appropriate for this movie. Music. Michael Chiquino, Michael fucking Chiquino. He does a fine job. Always does a good job. I really like the actual soundtrack to this one, too. I think they do a good job of using, you know,
1: music. I think it's late enough in our show. We only have, what, five episodes left before we go on to the, the yep, new show? that's which right. you all should tune into. Yeah. Beer me a movie when it comes out. I think it's official. We need a Chiquino bump. He gets a one I automatically. I think you're right. I think you're right. Automatically, automatically. He's time for the
0: a bump. I'm sure that'll come up again. <laughs> in the next five episodes. Exactly. Wink. 1.25. 1.25 for music. Going from the gut, baby. Going from the gut. Absolutely. I don't know. You got to. One-liners. What do you got? Like, I'm thinking, and I, I don't have much. I've got, um. oh, and therefore I have value. That's a good one. I like that.
1: I feel like the, the movie should, whatever we give it, should be knocked down 0. 0.25 for <laughs> Peter Parker saying, Oh, I love Led Zeppelin when it's clearly ACDC. Yeah, but Gen Z. I I mean, (laughs) it is Gen Z, but everyone knows the difference. Everybody knows the difference. If you've heard music before, you know the difference.
0: I think that's probably fair. The (laughs) anti-one-liner. I do like Brad Davis. The whole movie is on to Peter Parker. He's like, this guy's fucked up. I don't like him. There's something weird going on here. And at the end, MJ does the switcheroo with like, why are you taking pictures of people in the bathroom? And then J.B. Smooth like, yeah, I'm going to be cool teacher now. Don't do not <laughs> do that. You can't be doing that. <laughs> Urinal or stall. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing
1: that. And for uh, the reasons that you just said, point 0.5. Point 0.5. Because it feels right. Yeah, work. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 0.5. I like it. Final category, impact on the genre. It's huge. It is. It sets up an entire Marvel phase, and Marvel phases big. are not set up lightly. It's especially when it has to come out of the end of one of
0: the biggest cinematic sagas that's ever existed. <laughs> at the time of release, it had the most expensive marketing campaign at $288 million.
1: Oh my God.
0: But guess that's what? enormous. It didn't make any kind of impact on its gross because this thing did make a billy. It billied, baby. And
1: also, it set up multiverse. It set up everything that's going forward yes. with it. And- Realistically, I'm not gonna call it the
0: next Iron Man because it's very much not. It's not. They try to set it up that way and then they immediately abandon it. So
1: they do. So it it kind of has to be a one by default. Yeah. But it, it can't be any higher. No.
0: No, I so agree like with that. It's a dirty one. It's a dirty one. It's also the last MCO movie to be released in China. And- Which is crazy to me that you had
1: <laughs> No Way Home be one of the highest grossing films of all time without China.
0: Yeah, uh, No Way Home is what actually dethroned this movie as being Sony Films' highest grossing movie of all time. That's ridiculous. So they're one and two are Spider-Man movies. As they should be. Probably their top three, actually. (laughs) Without
1: a doubt. I mean, it's crazy how this franchise just prints money.
0: Yeah. So one for impact on the genre, which is going to give Spider-Man Far From Home a total score of 6.25. Feels a little low. It feels low, and I I don't want it to feel low because I like this
1: movie. I, I do just have so many
0: issues with it, but it feels it does low. have it does have issues, which is something that look after hundred and eighty seven episodes, I can finally admit when an MCU movie has issues. Look at you! That's, that's called growth. That's growth. That's my character arc. We did it. We can end we the show did now. It.
1: We're finally done. Except we're <laughs> not because Brian, why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about next week, and more importantly who we're talking about it with.
0: Next week, we have a, a, a guest joining us. That's the best you got, huh? That's, uh... <laughs> right now, it's the best I got. You got a week to warm up. Phil Hudson Hawkins will be joining us next week for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's exciting to finally have Phil
1: on the show. He writes in all the time. He's coming up briefly. I don't want to toot his horn too much because then he'll get off on it. or Whatever <laughs> Phil does. <laughs> It's a step horn, so it's okay. That's right. Great porn marketing from you. (laughs) But next week, we are finally talking about the movie that made Sean Connery say, I'm done with (laughs) acting for forever. (laughs) We'll get there. We will get there next week. League of Extraordinary,
0: gentlemen. I can't wait. I'm pretty excited. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Pleasantville. It's another preview of what the new show is going to be like taking in your comments, and we're, uh, you know, playing with some stuff. So, be fun. Email your questions and comments to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at katepodcasters, especially on Facebook where we always put up a post on a recording day asking for your questions and comments. And we got one! It is Phil hudson I said he was coming. Speaking of of the man himself. He
1: said, you can choose any throwaway character or moment from a previous MCU movie to become the new villain slash MacGuffin what do you choose? Ooh.
0: He said, I'd choose Jim Rash's character from Civil War. <laughs> okay. It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. I'm going to answer this truthfully first, and then I'm going to give you my fun answer. Donald Glover from Homecoming. Bring him back as Prowler. I want to see it. 100%. Yes, please. But more so, I just need all of the Hannibal Burris possible. Just, <laughs> that'd be so good. Just bring me, bring me the coach and- Make him a villain or a MacGuffin. A MacGuffin would be even better, actually. It would be even better. And just really lean on that. And
1: he's yeah. like, what? What are you doing? Like, I'm a MacGuffin. Why are you <laughs> fighting me,
0: Spidey? Why are you just using me to advance the plot instead of making me a real character? <laughs> Super self-aware MacGuffin. I love it. And I'm going to go
1: with, in in the vein of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, the waitress in the diner who serves Thor after he spikes his coffee and yells, oh, ANOTHER! Like that. In that. <laughs> because now every character is apparently consequential who's ever existed in
0: the MCU. just well, yeah, This course. movie did it, and
1: now I want to do it again. She's our new MacGuffin or
0: villain or whatever. I like her as a villain. Just, I can't believe he smashed that mug.
1: <laughs> that was my grandmother's mug, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, there you go, Phil. <laughs> Probably not where you wanted, but it's what you get.
0: I like your answer of Jim Rash. That's fantastic. It's very good.
1: Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for The League of Extraordinary
0: Gentlemen. Same pod time.
1: Same pod, Tupac.